The Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly podcast is powered by Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro and crumblecookies.com. Man, it's a great week to treat yourself at Crumble Cookies. Go by and pick up a big old pink box of Crumble Cookies. Maybe one just for yourself. Maybe you want the six-pack. Maybe you want the 12-pack. Maybe you want to feed the office. Crumble Cookies has so many different options and great flavors available this week. All right. On the menu, Snickerdoodle Cupcake, a classic made even more delicious, a cinnamon sugar cookie topped with cream cheese frosting and an extra dash of cinnamon sugar. So this one would probably be Kai's favorite this week. It's s'mores. It's fresh off the campfire. It's a graham cracker cookie that they stuff with milk chocolate chips, and they top that with the toasted marshmallow, a drizzle of chocolate, Mm. and a dash of graham cracker crumbs on top of the s'mores cookie. Brandon, this is going to be the best one ever for you. The peanut butter cream featuring Nutter Butter. Oh, my god! For the peanut butter lovers, an explosion of Nutter Butter goodness all brought together with the smooth Nutter Butter peanut butter cream. I'm just going to tell you, those mm-hmm. Nutter Butter cookies are amazing. So imagine you take those great cookies and you put them on a crumble cookie with the mm. frosting. Sounds amazing. Uh, they have the macadamia nut as well. It's the classic cookie filled with layers of creamy white drops and buttery macadamia nuts. This week they have one of the all-time favorite classic pink sugars, a vanilla sugar cookie topped with a perfect pink swoop of real almond frosting. And of course that classic cookie, the milk chocolate chip, the can't go wrong cookie. It's thick, it's soft, and it's of course packed with tons of those milk chocolate chips. Check out Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro. You can download the app, you can order online, save yourself some time, or hit up the website, which is crumblecookies.com. Here's the podcast. This is Arkansas, and this is Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. All right, good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today's Wednesday. It is March the 29th of 2023. This is a day that will go down in history as the day that Hulkamania defeated Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three in 1987. Well, this day will also go down in history because I know who both of those people are. Oh, that's a WrestleMania main event, and you know both people. <laughs> yeah. That's a big deal. But I remember as a kid, like, watching that event with my buddies, and, like, it was the early days of pay-per-view, so my friends came over, and we had a big Aww. party, and we sat in our wicker chairs and made bets on who was going to win the main event. Wow. Hogan slammed Andre. It was March 29th of 1987. Wow. So, I'll never forget it. All right. First thought of the day, KP, Go. I'm a little hesitant to say this out loud in front of all of you, uh, but I have baby fever. Oh my gosh. I knew this was going to happen. You did? Yeah, I figured. I can just tell. You know, a lot of times in uh, in, in your watch it administrative cycle, you're trying to figure this stuff out. Administrative. Yes. I think my you best know. friend just had a baby, a little girl, and I got to hold her yesterday. And I'm, my son's 20, so yeah. it's been a second, you know, and. I just sat there and held her and smelled her. And y'all know what I mean by smelling. Don't act like that's no. weird, Brandon. No. Did you hold the baby, though? Or just your friend? <laughs> just just my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but just the smell of the baby and just being less than 24 hours old and just, oh, man. I just, I'm, I'm ready to babysit. Like, I, I miss it so much. So congratulations to her and her husband. And oh, that is sweet. That. 
I saw yeah. the pictures you posted of little mm-hmm. baby Turner Kate. This can be Turner Kate's very first mention on the radio right it here. can, but I'm calling her TK. That's my name. No, that's your other friend. No, it's my name for Turner Kate. TK. Right. So welcome to the world, Turner yeah. Kate. So that's pretty neat. Mom and dad are doing okay? Mm-hmm. Doing great. And you want to, you have a little bit of baby fever? I do. Did so you tell Kurt? Uh, no, I'm not going to tell Kurt because I'll just get a big eye roll. Yeah, he's not ready for that just yet, is okay, he? Okay, no, 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 he's no, he's not. I didn't think he was. Thanks. I'm sure he'll like you saying that on the air as well. No, for real though. If you if you know him from work, just uh, oh, you know his Brandon, mom. You're to... such an idiot. First thought of the day, go. <laughs> so I went out to lunch and uh, I got you know I go through phases of what I love to eat and I was in a Mexican food deal yesterday mm, so. I, yeah. I went to a restaurant that we go to fairly often. I always get you know one of the two same things. Maybe there's three different things I get on the menu. And I ordered something different, and it might have been the best meal I've ever had at the restaurant. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, we never venture out. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, food prices and stuff like that, we go for the things we know we like. But, Creatures man, of habit. This meal was so good. I was all fired up about that. So my encouragement to you today is if you always go to the same places and you always get the same things, venture out. You don't know what you might enjoy. All right. There you go. Why, that's, a, that's a very big thought for me. It this really morning. is. I'm a thought-provoking type of guy. Yes. Me and Nostradamus and Thomas Edison are kind of right there in the same boat. Hmm. Wow. Right? Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, Wednesday morning is here. We're here. You're here. We appreciate you guys letting us be a part of your morning today. You know that deal, that sign that you used to see really on a lot of restaurants a lot of restaurants that said, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Yes, I do remember that. I remember going to places being so disappointed by that, not because I wanted to go in without a shirt, even though I did do that. I've done that before. Uh-huh. Uh, but the no shoes thing, there was a point in time where I enjoyed running around with no shoes on. Uh, there's a new poll that says that 13% of people said that if stores and restaurants would allow people to go barefoot, they would do it. Ooh. Uh, no. Gross. Now, that's uh, that's heavier among oh. young men. They think that's a better idea. And then they said, hey, if people let you do this, if it was oh. socially okay, would you do it? And Like, <clears throat> 52% of people said they'd never do it. But a lot of people said they'd do it. Like I- the rest, the 48% said they would go into stores with no shoes on. I want those people to go on one of those shows where they take the swabs of the floor and your foot and they can tell you exactly what's on there and they go into detail mm. because you know what's going to be on there. All kinds of stuff, right? Yes. See, when I was younger, I would do this all the time. Oh. I thought it was kind of neat. So like if I was going to run into uh, Eckerd Drugstore uh, with my mom, I'd be like, do I need to put my shoes on? And she'd be like, no, it's fine. So I'd walk into the store without shoes on. Now, that got a little bit more weird as I got older. Like, people would kind of look at you different if you just walked in barefoot. Yeah, like you're a caveman, maybe? Or yeah. Or maybe worse, that maybe you di- couldn't afford shoes? Well, do you think, oh, no. A million percent, that's they, what they would think. They probably thought, oh, yes. this poor family. My heart would, if I saw that, and let's say they could afford shoes, if I saw it, I would immediately be like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I want to go get them some shoes right now. But I had that good hair and stuff like that, so oh. maybe that was okay. I had mm. the Michael Bolton look going on, so maybe they knew I was put together. <laughs> I just wasn't really a fan mm. of shoes. Okay. And the wrestler Kevin Von Erich never wore shoes when he went to the ring, so I thought maybe it made me look tougher uh-huh. if I didn't wear shoes. Like, oh, no, you guys have to wear shoes walking across hot pavement. I don't even have to wear shoes. It's like Fred Flintstone. Like, what? I don't... This is like... Okay. What? Bedrock. I don't understand... Yeah. Ew. You think that's nasty? Yes. It was. I always did wonder about it when I would go into like a bathroom because that would be like if somebody had, you know, especially guys who can never aim and hit the toilet. 
And you're like, oh, no, I got to stand around this and hope my feet don't touch it. No. And I just see, I mean, there's guys who chew and spit and they do all this stuff and you're walking on it. Oh, I, I can't. Well, I I'm just, not going to get down and suck my toes after that. It's it not like it's going to matter. You put your hands on stuff. You walk into your, it gets on your carpet, on your couch, okay. in your bed. Yeah, I never really thought about it from that perspective. Oh, I can't. Oh, that's so, I can't handle it. When you talk like that, it is a little bit gross. I remember one time when I first got to the radio station, it was uh, 2002. And a lot of times I'd wear you know what they call now slides or sandals or whatever. And I would kick those off and walk around and I'd walk through the front office and I'd walk down to Barbara Nelson's office and she's our business manager. Uh-huh. And I was kind of like the new guy with the tattoos and the earrings and bald. And I didn't wear shoes in the office. So one time I had a meeting and we were going to go, I think it was um, in the old India mall. I was going with the guy, uh, MRB. We were going to go over to um, like Dillard's or something like that. And we had a meeting and he, it was supposed to be professional, but he wanted to bust me out for not wearing shoes. So he hid my my slides, my sandals. And I couldn't find them. And I had to go to a business meeting with no shoes on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, talk about embarrassing. That was embarrassing. That, that's, I'm embarrassed for you. Can you imagine, like, you're in your job and you go to a client location. You're on, like, a sales call. Mm-mm. And, like, hey, here's Brandon. He's the radio personality. And he's not wearing shoes. Most people don't want to see your feet. <laughs> I don't know, man. Some people say they do it if stores would let us. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. It's time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. Hey, a big high five goes out today to Aiden, who uh, goes to Paragould, right? So uh, Aiden's been battling cancer. And the great news is, let me go ahead and get there first, Aiden is now cancer-free. Yes. But that journey's not over. You still have appointments to go to and stuff like that. But uh, basically, Aiden had the chance to do a Make-A-Wish. And he made his wish. He wanted a PlayStation 5, and he wanted some new Jordans, and a Nerf gun, and tons of presents. And thanks to the students at Paragold High School, they set out to raise some money for Aiden. And they did that by selling bed sheets. And they raised like $4,000. For going out there and doing this for Aiden. So they were able to do the big Make-A-Wish reveal party for Aiden and his family right there on the football field, which was really cool because they show up and there's people out in the stands and the big celebration as Aiden gets his gifts. And Obviously, he's thankful. His family's thankful. And again, Aiden at this point is cancer-free, but there's still more stuff you have to go through after you get that uh, that all-clear sign. But it's a really sweet thing, and it's cool to see high school students going out of their way to do something great. Uh, for their fellow people in their city. So here's to you, Aiden, and here's to you, Paragould High School students. It's an Arkansas's morning show. High five! High five! And today's high five is powered by Right Fiber from Ritter Communications. It's the right speed at the right price right now. And you can check the availability in your area when you go to rightfiber.com. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It is March the 29th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas. This is Country Music News on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. So we have country music news today on the CMT Music Awards, which happen on Sunday live from Austin, Texas. They're going to be on CBS. Uh, we found out some new performers, big performers who are going to be there. They've kind of 
held out on some of these A-list uh, special guests until this week. Let me tell you who's going to be there performing at the CMT Music Awards this week. Just added Shania Twain. Who's been, have your boots been She'll receive the Equal Play Award, all about how much she brought women to the forefront in country music. Also performing at the CMT Music Awards is Gwen Stefani. So she's going to be performing with Carly Pierce, but we're not exactly sure what they plan on doing. And then Alanis Morissette's going to be there. She's going to perform with... Ingrid Andress, Madeline Edwards, Morgan Wade, and Lainey Wilson. And we know the song they're going to do, and it's this one. And every time you speak her name, she you know how you tell me. Until you die. Until you die. Pray I'm still alive. And I'm here. Sunday. To remind you. CMT. Alanis. Again, the CMT Music Awards happen on Sunday live from Austin. We have country music news today on Cody Johnson. All the headlines, all the midnights. So Cody Johnson is up for video of the year at the CMT Awards, which is the biggest category of the night. And he's along, along in that same category is Carrie Underwood. And oh, wow. he shared yesterday something pretty cool about Carrie Underwood. He just recorded a song with her yesterday, and that's going to be on his upcoming album, which we don't know, I think, is when it's coming out yet. Sure, yeah. But uh, he said getting to know her, said she is such a professional, and it's really hard to compete with that because everyone around her is so professional yeah. and it's so easy to work with her. Um, so it all happens this weekend. It's the CMT Musical Awards Sunday, April 2nd on CBS. And country music news on Old Dominion. Thinking about those sunsets that bled into jean jacket nights. Those tangled so the lead singer of Old Dominion is Matthew Ramsey. They had uh, some events planned for this weekend in Florida, and now he's had to cancel the events. And we found out that he is hurt. Uh-oh. So Matthew Ramsey says in a social media post, and I quote, I was in an ATV accident. That left my pelvis fractured in three places. Uh, Matthew goes on to say, the good news is I'm going to heal just fine. The bad news is I'm going to have to stay home and recover for a little while. Uh, He says he's loved the tour so far. He hates to miss these dates, but they'll reschedule those dates for next year. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. It's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Arkansas's Morning Show. Did you know there are only 644 people who've been in space? The definition of being in space is at least 50 miles above the Earth. Oh, wow. I didn't realize the number was so small. Did you know the guy who invented the revolving door came up with it because he hated having to open doors for women? No way. Yep. That's not true. Mm Mm-hmm. I picture those mainly like in like Pretty Woman or on the streets of New York. I guess yes. I've been through those, but you have. not very often, yeah. though. And did you know, one of Britney Spears' most favorite songs is I'm a Slave for You. All I know is I'm so happy when you're dancing there. But did you know that that song was originally written for Janet Jackson? What? Yep. She'd have made that a hit too, though. I can see Janet doing it. I can picture the video. I love 
Matter of fact. Okay. Yes. And if you didn't know, now you know. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So you know how basically you call me out about my use or lack of use of the phone and a lot of people who are close to us, that's a comment that they make when they come in. Yes, and they look at me like I'm supposed to do something about it. So my phone popped up a notification, and uh, it was my Nana Peggy's birthday. And <clears throat> sometimes I'm not the best communicator, as you might be aware. What? So uh, I decided, you know what, I need to go ahead and make time. Because I always we always make excuses. Oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that some other time. And then those excuses end up... You know, it's days later, it's months later, uh-huh. and then the communication isn't real good. Well, and then there's that probably that guilt, you know, and you're well, just like, ugh. And I had to talk, I talked to my Nana about that, right? I'm like, yeah, and here's the deal. Once you go and you don't have that communication, then you feel guilty for not having mm-hmm. it. And you don't then want to have the communication because they're only going to make you pile on the guilt, not even intentionally. Yeah. So, <clears throat> golly. So Nana Peggy's birthday on my phone, so I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and call her. And I just got done with my walk. And I'm like, I'm not going to wait because I could say I'm going to wait and do it after I cool down or whatever. But yeah. I decided I was going to do it right then. So I pick up the phone. I call her like, happy birthday, Nana. And she said, well, my birthday's tomorrow, hon. <laughs> and I said, well, Nana, it's in my phone as March the 28th. And she said, well, you know, for a lot of years, I thought my birthday was March 28th. No way. And she had celebrated her birthday on March 28th, and then years later, she finds her birth certificate and realizes realized that she was born on March the 29th. No way. So I thought that was kind of interesting, right? Yeah, I just realized I'm five years younger. I found my birth certificate, and uh, I'm five years younger. Oh, you are? Well, congratulations. Yes, uh-huh. I knew I yeah. knew that was not the Botox yeah. talking. That was okay. just pure age. Thanks. But it was a great conversation, and I want to encourage people, if you're like me and you lose contact a little bit or... You always say you're going to do it later, and you never do. Uh, those phone calls are magic. Are you so glad you called? No, it was really sweet because it, and it was weird because we were. I was calling to celebrate her, but then she's like, "Oh, you've made my day," and then it makes me feel awesome because I'm like, "Oh, wow, she still loves me, and it's important." But then it makes me feel bad, like, "Why didn't I do this before?" Yeah, but it was a great conversation. Mm-hmm. We had the chance to catch up. Uh, she's 88. Wow. And I'm like, dang. And she's like, I don't drive anymore. I'm like, well, that's yeah. probably good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But she was, uh, you know, she was always like the homemaker. She was the one who wanted to, uh, you know, have the big meal for everybody yeah. and always wanted to cook and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So it was great to talk to her. I had the chance to talk to my grandfather. We'd call him Pop. Aww. Um, was he the one that wore the Speedo? He is. He would wear the Speedo uh, and jog around the pool early in the morning. That was his exercise. <laughs> Did you tell him that you started carrying on that tradition? Uh, no, Pop would love that, though, because that's Pop's sense of humor. Pop's yeah. sense of humor is kind of like... My sense of humor in that, you know, he was funny and silly and goofy and all that stuff. And he was also, then when he would get fired up, like I remember seeing that temper. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. And then he's not, uh, he's going through some stuff with his mind and yeah. stuff. So it was a little bit, that was kind of sad. Mm-hmm. And that kind of got me emotional because I'm like, oh man, the person who was, you know, Mr. Strong and yeah. smart now is, is kind of struggling with that. So, and a lot of people go through that. It's not just me, but that was a sad moment mm-hmm. going through that. Mm-hmm. But I also talked to Nana about, because we talked about radio and we talked about everything. And I said, you know what's crazy? And I just talked about this on the radio with you like a week ago. Do you remember when we were young and we thought that our parents and our grandparents had it all figured out? Yeah. Like we thought they knew and life was easy. And by the time we got to be older and then we get to those ages and we're like, wait, we don't have it figured out. Maybe we're not as good. Right. I said, Nana, we just talked about that. And she said, we thought you had it figured out. And she said... Brandon, we didn't. We were just doing the best we could. I wonder if she now has it figured out. I don't know if you ever have it figured yeah. out. But just her giving that uh, validity 
to the fact that even when I looked at them and I'm like, oh, they're in their upper 40s, they're in their 50s, they're in their 60s, and they have money and they have the, the businesses and all these different yeah. things. Like you're still just doing the best you can right. in life. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Aww. Nana Peggy celebrates her birthday today. So happy birthday to her. Yeah, happy and uh, if there's somebody that you're not in contact with as much as maybe you should be, it might be a good idea to pick up that phone. It's good for both sides. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. A lot of suitcases look the same, so you may have stood at baggage claim and worried that someone may get your bag by mistake. Oh, yes. Right? But someone could also take it on purpose. A man was arrested after he stole a suitcase from a baggage claim area in Atlanta. He was found because the owner of the bag had an air tag tracking device in the suitcase. <laughs> so that guy had been waiting for his bag to show up, but it never did. So he looked at the AirTag app and realized that it had been taken. So he contacted security, but apparently they weren't able to do much. So over the next day, he followed the tracking information himself and then confronted the thief with the police officer. Oh my so at the time, the thief was wearing his shirt and his jeans. No. The owner got all of his stuff back, and the thief was charged with theft, unlawful removal of baggage, and trespassing. It sounds like he just walked into the airport and took the bag. Oh my the airport claims there are officers there to prevent people from taking bags that aren't theirs but if you fly regularly you know that no one is closely monitoring who's taking the bags yeah. of baggage yeah, nobody's here speaking of baggage claim i just told my suitcases we aren't going on vacation this year oh no now i'm dealing with emotional baggage oh son of a <laughs> get it no, yes i get it and there's even more proof that people are crazy brandon baxter in the morning and kelly perry i have one question for you Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Ah, Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. For it. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today. Wednesday, March the 29th of 2023. Local birthdays. Local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Lainey Montgomery of Jonesboro, who turns 19 years old today. Happy birthday, Lainey. Mark Shastine of Caraway is celebrating today. We have Leah Reeves, who's from uh, Walnut Ridge, celebrating a birthday. Bailey Walls of Jonesboro. Kay Oxford in Fayetteville celebrates today. Joshua Watkins of Paragould is celebrating. Tracy Robinson in Wynn. Jennifer Livingston of Paragould has a birthday today. Deborah Swink. Of Jonesboro, Julie Sylvester is celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday, Julie. Her mom is Mary Diaz. Yeah. If you remember Mary Diaz on uh, National Tamale Day, did not bring me tamales. Yeah, maybe because you were rude that day about it. No, so I'm cutting her off. Oh, are you? Yeah, uh-huh. she's cut off. No more access to me. Okay, whatever. But happy birthday to Julie. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Carrie Sinurak of Wynn is celebrating a birthday. And Beckham Hopper. Is six years old today. Also, Gannon Hopper is turning four from Walnut Ridge. So if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all. And you celebrate with these celebrities. Chris Chris Delia is 43. He's a comedian. Plays Kenny on the TV series The Good Doctor and Henderson on the Netflix thriller series You. Happy birthday to Lucy Lawless, who is 55. Xena, the warrior princess. Oh, that was a big deal for a minute, yeah. Happy birthday to Elle, the body McPherson. She's 59 and she uh, lives in Australia. 
Australia, right? Supermodel. I don't know if she still lives there. Yeah, yeah she was known as The Body. Mm-hmm. And she also, for those of you who watch the TV show Friends. Oh, yeah. she was on Friends for a little bit, too. Joey's girlfriend, right? Yeah. How, How you, you doing? <laughs> El McPherson, happy birthday. Happy birthday today to John Popper, who is 56 from the Blues Traveler. John Popper, Blues Traveler, 56 today. And happy birthday today to Bobby Kimball, who is 76 from Toto. Oh, yeah. Wow. Let's do this. Bobby Kimball of Toto celebrates today. Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Bobby Kimball, who's the singer in Toto. He's turning 76 today. Happy birthday, Bobby. (laughs) Hope you have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the only man on the planet who loves Jenny's ice cream more than Joe Biden. (laughs) It's Dr. Feelgood. He's the one that makes you feel. He's the one they call. Where's the ice cream? It's gonna be your Frankenstein. Doctor Shane's bites. Doctor Shane's bites. Doctor Shane's bites. Yo, he is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic <laughs> Medicine at Arkansas State. He is Dr. Feelgood himself, Shane Spites. <laughs> He's proud of that so, one. <laughs> so, yeah, so Brandon, you know, you know, there are times in your life, I'm sure you've been told this in the back of your head, you probably thought in the back of your head, okay, I just crossed the line. <laughs> it, this is one of those times uh, where. Yep. No, um, you, you can yeah. enjoy ice cream, can't you? I, no, no, I have nothing against ice cream. As a matter of fact, big ice cream fan. But putting my name in the same sentence <laughs> with with Joe Biden, yeah. I think you know you just those are and those are fighting words, right? <laughs> so, uh, oh, it's chocolate chip though, Shane. It's chocolate chip. Uh, hey, man, I, I wanted to chat with you before we get into doc talk and we talk about health and medicine and stuff like that. Uh, I saw your pictures, and it seems like you were there in Rolling Fork, Mississippi, uh, with the disaster, the tornado that we saw that uh, devastated the town. And, you know, we saw the images, and we were like, oh, my gosh, this is horrific. Um, And we just felt for everybody in that area, all those communities. Um, But you were there, right? So, yeah, we were – I was actually in in southern Arkansas, southeast Arkansas, and uh, northeast Louisiana. Um, We were down there. I'm kind of following the storms. I've got a uh, one of my sons is kind of a, a, a 
weather buff, and so we were. <laughs> I'd agree to, to taking that. There's over spring break, didn't yeah. really have anything else going on. So anyway, um, you know, one of the neat things, or one of the good things, I say about social media is that you can communicate with a lot of people pretty quickly over mm-hmm. a large platform. And so um, he had seen that um, there was a lot of tweets and things coming out about um, damage that it, so the tornado had formed really right across the river. It started to form right before, <clears throat> excuse me, right in Arkansas, right. but then moved across the river. And he's like, you know, they, they need help. He said, there's all kinds of tweets. And they, this community, when we looked at it on the map, of course, it's surrounded. Uh, the closest big hospital is about 45 minutes away. And then the largest one is probably about 70 minutes away down in Vicksburg or so. Right. And so it's pretty isolated. It wasn't like a, you know, I mean, it was bad, obviously, to have it anywhere. But at least like in a, you know, a town of Jonesboro, we've got two major hospitals. Right. We've got all kinds of, you know, surgery you know, experiences, and we got all kinds of technology. And so, you know, we've got people. Mm-hmm. This little community had, they had a little critical access hospital where basically a doctor kind of comes in um, and, and manages it. But they were pretty rural and isolated. So, yeah, we um, chose to go there um, and wow. chose to, which is, a, it's a whole different situation. The, um, I've done some of this in the past. I've, I've done I've done some disaster response. And the number one rule is, don't become part of the disaster. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to go. Everybody wants to help. I think that's great. But what you don't want to do is become a victim yourself or become part of the problem. Right. Um, and, and don't certainly you'll go there just to, you know, see the damage and get in the way. Because at that time, emergency responders, you know, people were, you know, were they were still kind of pulling people out of the, the rubble and mm-hmm. still doing search and rescue and that kind of thing. And at the time we got there, there was triage. We were triage on the side of the highway. The, the highway into that town had been cut off basically by all the debris. And so there was a north and a south end. We came in on the north end um, and, and helped out with the triage and management of, of some injured patients there. So you pretty much went down there and went straight to work volunteering. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's just kind of, I mean, it's, and it's not for everybody, but, you know, for, for some people, that, that's kind of what you do. Um, and I would encourage those. I'll say this. You can't. Um, to be available for your community is probably one of the biggest things that you can do and to be able to give back and to be able to, to step in when things like that happen. And so I'm a huge fan of if it's something that you feel like you can do, take an EMT class, take a first aid class, take a, a stop the bleed class. Um, you know, stop the bleed class is like half a day. It's like a, you know, or even a day long. We have those in the community, but um, ASU has um, an EMT program and I, they've even got this kind of hybrid model now where you can kind of take a lot of it online and come in on Saturdays. And um, and this is just basic first aid stuff right. that it would be great for a lot more people to know, because I'm telling you, they went to work in this little community. I mean, I was the only, I was the only doctor there doing triage. We had tons of EMTs, had a couple of paramedics, had a nurse. Um, I mean, you know, that it was just that phenomenal to be able to have those kinds of resources. And so for, if anybody's interested in something like that, I would highly recommend you consider doing it. Well, just speaks uh, as your friend. It speaks to the type of person you are to be in a situation where you're like, "Hey, I can volunteer. I can help. There's something that I can do here," and that you did it. Because a lot of us, maybe we could do stuff, and we sit back. Ah, somebody else will do that. You were there, boots on the ground, and uh, every time I talk to somebody that I know about you, like the the reports and the reviews of Shane Spites are always really, really strong about the type of person you are. And I think that speaks to it. And and you won't brag on yourself, so I thought we'd brag on you this morning. 
Well, and, and that's nice of you to say, but I'll be honest. <clears throat> everybody that I know and everybody that I work with, whether it be in law enforcement, whether it be firefighters, whether it be in EMS, um, you know, nurses, they all have that same. Everybody, everybody that I work with in those kinds of capacities, you know, uh, emergency medical management, I mean, you name it, they all have that. That's yeah. not unique to me. It's not. It's really not. That, so anybody in my position would have done the exact same thing. Uh, in those groups that I just described. And so I, I'm thankful that we have uh, groups like that, that that will just step in because you just never know. I mean, you know, like we're expecting uh, strong storms, you know, on Friday. Yeah. We're expecting strong storms in our area early part of next week that we're watching. Um, and, you know, our, we got small communities that are, you know, that are pretty well, pretty isolated. And so things like, like this are really important. Volunteer firefighters, you know, gosh, that, that's who I was surrounded by. I was surrounded by great volunteer firefighters down there. Um, that were doing great work. So I appreciate them. Yeah, but there's people, and I'm not <clears throat> like people like me who, uh, you know, will come in and, and do the radio. But if I wasn't on the radio, you know, I'd be the one who's going to hunker down and, and try to, to hide. Uh, and people like you and first responders are going out there, you mm-hmm. know, to confront it. While everybody else is, is trying to take cover, you guys are running toward those situations. So uh, a shout out to you and to, to everybody who does that because, uh, yeah, it's, it's super brave. I appreciate brave. that. That's a yeah. You got a little. You got to have a little bit of that crazy gene, and my yeah. wife will tell you, yeah, <laughs> that crazy gene. In you. <laughs> hey, so we, we like to talk to you about the medical stuff too, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what do you have for us for some doc talk this week? So, this is actually I, remember, I was actually really excited when I came across this article. And so, this was a study done in the UK of about one hundred and thirty-five thousand people, uh, specifically men and women about the age of fifty-five. They identified, and this is none of these are going to surprise you, but I think it's good to actually talk about it. Um, and actually put some thought to it. They identified the eight things that basically point to how long you're going to live. Oh, gosh. So your longevity, exactly, in terms of, you know, um, what are the eight factors in terms of how long that you, you know, you'll be walking around on this planet. <clears throat> and I'm going to go through those real quickly. None of them are going to surprise you, but it's interesting that we now have, you know, we're getting more and more data that actually says, okay, no kidding, guys. This is the real deal. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so I'll go into it. So number one, not smoking. Okay. No surprise there. Sure. We've been on that for a while. Right. Number two, regular physical activity. You and I have talked about that yeah. for you know forever. Right. Number three, healthy weight. So maintaining a healthy weight. Number four, a healthy diet. We've talked a lot about diets. Right. Number five, healthy sleep. We talked about sleep hygiene. You know, you need seven to nine hours of sleep. You can't you don't need less than that. You don't need more than that. Right. Um, then the last three were having a blood pressure in your in the normal range, so a normal blood pressure, right. a normal blood sugar, and then a, um, a a good cholesterol level. So those are the those are the main things. And in those individuals, the differences between on whether you were on the high end or low end for men, it was about seven to eight years. For women, it was a 10-year difference. Oh, and I'm wow. talking about how long you lived. Wow. So for women, they lived 10 years longer if they addressed those or if they were managing those eight factors. For men, like I said, it was seven to eight years. So it's a – I mean, this is – there's real data that says, look, if you want to live longer and, – and the other thing, too, and they started to go into this, too, which is a little harder, is your quality of life. So not only do you live longer – you live better, and you've always you know, we've always heard this. Hey, you could be a you know you can be a a young eighty, or you can be an old sixty. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a lot of truth to that. And so you can be waking up with aches and pains and, you know, getting sick every time they turn around, you know, at, at, at 55, you know, or you can be, you know, active and walking and, and feeling great and, you know, living life to its fullest at 80. Um, and I think that these factors also play into that as well. Let's walk through the, psycho- the psychology of that, though, because we've heard those things and most of us know those things. And yet we still don't do them. Right. And you hear and I've been around older people toward the end of their lives where they're like, hey, I wish I wouldn't have done this. I wish I would have, you know, uh, worked out more. I wish I wouldn't have smoked. I wish I wouldn't have drank. Uh, so we know these things are there. Why as humans do we not take care of that early? Why don't we fix it? <laughs> so just to be really pointed, which usually you and I are. Yeah. We're lazy. Yeah. And what I mean by that is it's, wow. it's hard. I mean, it's hard to, to it, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I know this data probably better than anybody. Mm-hmm. I still don't like doing it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I was like, oh, I don't want to get up and go to the gym today. I don't want to go run today. I, you know, I try to find ways. Oh, look, it's kind of cold outside. I don't think yeah. <laughs> right. Seriously, like, I, I, I even, so I know that other people struggle. If, if I'm the one who kind of reads all this stuff all the time and I'm talking to you about it and all your listeners, um, it, it, it's still a struggle. Um, eating healthy, I think that, that's just a cultural change. You just, I think once you get used to that, it gets easier. It's almost, you know, like I, um, like I don't drink a lot of sodas. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a period where I was drinking more. Once I got off of them, I didn't really miss them. Once I got used to them, mm-hmm. they actually, it's funny, they'll actually taste different once you've been off of them for a while. Like for a couple of months or so, hadn't had a soda, just drinking water instead. And I try to drink one. It, like it tastes really thick. It tastes, I mean, it's, it's been interesting. There are certain things like that that once you kind of move off of them, they don't taste that good uh, once you kind of come back to them. Um, I've heard of, of smokers that say that. They say that once they've, you know, it takes a while to, to stop smoking. On average, you've got to quit like seven to nine times. Oh I don't know if you've gosh. known that. Most people can't just quit cold turkey. Most mm-hmm. people, it's about seven to nine times throughout their life before they can actually quit. Um, but those that have actually been successful, I'll come back and say, I can't stand the smell of cigarette smoke. Right. Like they just like, and they couldn't smell it on themselves or smell it the time they were doing it. But once they got away from it, they did. So it's, I mean, it is tough. I mean, the data is pretty clear, but I'm not going to say it, it, it's easy because it's not. Um, it's something we got to work at. No, but it seems like our minds go either number one, that's eh, it's not going to happen to me. The odds are in my favor that it's not going to happen. Or oh, yeah. there's going to be the people who are, you know, I've gone through this too, and I'm not going to, I'm not speaking against anybody because I'm just as guilty of, of a lot of different stuff. Uh, but people, oh, I'm just going to live my life and enjoy it while I'm here. There's the other, yeah. that's the other aspect of it. And that, and the, the thing is that works out well while you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, and that's one of the things too, we talk about like blood, high blood pressure and even diabetes being what we call a silent killer. Because, you know, even most of my patients, they come in with high blood pressure, they don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like, they feel fine. And I'm like, okay, look, I realize you feel fine, but you're having, we're having internal damage going on inside your arteries when your blood pressure is at this level. And over time, that's going to, you know, damage organs and uh, damage your, your system and increase your risk for heart attack, stroke, and all these other things. But they don't feel it. You know, well, like I said, I hit my, my thumb with a hammer. I feel that immediately. I'm like, oh. You know, you, you get your hand close to a fire or a hot stove, you pull it back because you immediately feel it. A lot of these diseases aren't like that. They're diseases that really, it's like death by a thousand cuts. Hmm. You get basically get damaged over time, and then you wake up one day and say, how did I get here? Yeah. Well, by the time you get there, you know, sometimes it's too late. Now, I would say on the flip side, it's never too late, but it's certainly easier to do it um, on the front end than try to fix it on the back end. 
It's great advice right there. He is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. <clears throat> he is Dr. Feelgood himself, Dr. Shane Spites. Hey, thanks for your time this morning. And again, thanks for what you did uh, for the community of uh, Rolling Fork. No, absolutely. Like I said, I, and, it's, uh, I, and I appreciate you saying that. It, it's not anything that, that I think other, other people that I'm blessed to hang out with wouldn't do. Uh, like I said, firefighters, police officers, EMS, you name it. I've been nurses. And um, I've just been blessed to be around a lot of good people that I know would have done the exact same thing. And so I appreciate what they do because they do it in little communities, you know, all over this region, all over this country every day. So I appreciate them. All right, man. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday, okay? Thanks. You too, guys. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by Natalie Harrell, who's Director of Marketing and Public Relations at Crowley's Ridge College. And uh, first of all, Natalie, welcome to the show. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning. I'm great. Happy to uh, to be with you guys. Hey, uh, you kind of have something pretty big coming up where a, a big-time national worldwide celebrity is coming to Paragould, the Spirit of America featuring Tim Tebow live in Arkansas. That's awesome. a big deal. Isn't that crazy? We're yes. so excited. Yeah, so tell us, like, this event that you guys are doing. Uh, why are we doing an event, and how in the world did you get hooked up with Tim Tebow and his team? Sure. So on April 6th, which is next Thursday on our campus at Curly Ridge College, we're going to be um, hosting our Spirit of America program in which we uh, will first we will award um, a very deserving recipient who's been exceptional in our community. Um, and then we will be featuring guest speaker, of course, Tim Tebow, like you mentioned. And it's so cool because when we heard or when we confirmed that he was coming, he, it was around January or February, he was also announced to be inducted into the NCAA Hall of Fame, which is just really neat for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you can purchase tickets and sponsorships, crc.edu, because all of these funds raised will go back to scholarships, which we can talk a little bit more um, in a little bit. But yeah, next Thursday, he's going to be on campus, and we're really excited. So the one thing that Kelly was thinking about, of course, you know, we're talking about how can we raise funds and scholarships and all this. And Kelly's thinking, is there any way I can meet Tim Tebow? I was just curious if you were going to get to meet him. That's so cool. Um, There is an opportunity to meet him, Kelly. So good news Uh for you. Um, With those sponsorships that I mentioned, um, if you go to CRC's website, uh, each sponsorship, there's a variety of different ones. It'll list how many VIP tickets are available. Now, those VIP tickets um, include um, a spot at our reception before. So Mr. Tebow is actually going to be there. Uh, You'll get to meet him, get a picture made with him by Amy Glenn. Um, And I guess, I don't know, ask him whatever you want to ask him. That's so cool. Uh, Now, I know as you kind of have laid laid this out and booked him to come in, has he asked anything about us, like wanting us to be there? Natalie, has he said anything? I'm so, I apologize for him. Surely if he's coming here. You know know that guy on (laughs) 107.9. Will he be there? I need to know before I make my decision. Yeah, let him know if he wants to meet me, then I can can make that happen. (laughs) Right. Okay, I'll, I'll let you know. For a small fee, right, Brandon? <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I'll waive the fee for Tim Tebow. Oh, thanks. No, but okay. Like, you're, you're thinking Tim Tebow, two-time national champ, Heisman Trophy winner, first-round NFL draft pick, professional baseball player, New York Times bestselling author, speaker, football analyst. Like, literally, for him to roll into Northeast Arkansas, into Paragould and CRC, 
That's it's something that crazy. I mean, people are going to talk about that for for a long time. It's one of those events that people are going to be talking about for years and go, "Hey, I was there the night that Tim Tebow yeah. was at the college." Isn't that awesome? Yeah. yeah, and also during the program, he's going to be talking about you know obviously the need for Christian education um, at schools like CRC. But it, what's cool, and you mentioned uh, he's an author. He's got a recent book out called Mission Possible, and it's so cool because at CRC we have like a, uh, I would call it a five-year plan. I don't think that's the, the correct term, but it's called our $12 million Mission Possible campaign. Oh, so wow. it was just so neat how he's got a book called Mission Possible, and our campaign is called Mission Possible. That's that's awesome. So tell me again, uh, you know, you, you obviously have the opportunity to book somebody like Tim Tebow. You jump at the chance mm-hmm. for that. He commits to coming to uh, Crowley's Ridge College. Um, but when you do this, obviously you have the idea that we're going to you know, do scholarships and we're going to raise some funds. Uh, how do you guys use those scholarships? How do you uh, basically distribute those scholarships? Kind of walk me through that process. Sure. So at Crowley's Ridge College, you know, a private nonprofit um, college. We award about $900,000 a year in scholarships to our students, and about 125000 of those dollars are funded by events like Spirit of America. We distribute those to students um, involved in athletics, academics, a variety of Christian areas on campus, special needs, things like that. So that's going to be incredible. And, and again, I'm looking here at uh, the stuff on your website. I'm seeing something about a silent auction as well. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, at that VIP reception I was talking about, um, he is he's not going to stick around and sign autographs or anything like that, but before this event, he's going to sign 25 items, and those will be available for silent auction. And uh, we've also got an online auction on right now and on our Facebook page of a few of those items. They're not autographed yet, obviously, but they will be. No, yeah, I'm looking at them right now, like footballs and and gator flags and stuff like that. Like, this is a really cool thing that you guys are going to be doing. Yes, we're really excited. And there's already been a few. I haven't met very many big Florida Gator fans around here. I'm sure they're around here, but I have (laughs) met several Denver Bronco fans. Come on now. So you mentioned sponsorships. Are there still uh, some sponsorship uh, opportunities out there? There are still sponsorships available, um, and you can go to that website that you're looking at right now, Brandon, or you can also contact me in Harrell. It's N-H-A-R-R-E-L-L at crc.edu. You can call us. Uh, Our phone number is on our website there as well, and someone will be happy to help you give you more information on that. And what about somebody who's like, man, I just want to be there. I can't afford the sponsorship. Or maybe it's an individual and they can't do that, but they want to be there for the event. Are there are there individual tickets available? Yes. General admission will be $100, and they will uh, be right there on the floor with him, just behind the, uh, the sponsor seating. Wow. It's a big night. It is Spirit of America featuring Tim Tebow. It happens next Thursday, April the 6th, on the campus of Crowley's Ridge College. And again, if you want to find out more, hit the website, which is crc.edu. Hey, great job this morning, Natalie, and best of luck. And uh, if Tim wants to meet me, let me know, okay? Or throw the football okay, around yeah. a little bit. Oh, yeah, I can do that, too. No, that's <laughs> you can't throw a football. I'll try. <laughs> hey, have a great day, Natalie. Thanks for talking to us. All right. You, too. Thank you, guys. Bye. See you later. 
That's Natalie Harrell from Crowley's Ridge College on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning in studio by Destiny McGee, who's the Jonesboro School-Based Clinical Supervisor for Families, Inc. Counseling Services. Uh, first of all, I know it's a lot to get you to come into the studio, but I thought this conversation was was pretty important for us to have at this point, and especially in person if we could. Yes, for sure. So uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about was trauma and trauma in our kids, right? Because uh, we've all gone through a lot. We've gone through COVID. We've gone through a tornado in Jonesboro three years ago. Uh, for the people who were at West Side or people affected by that, we just went through the 25-year anniversary of that. Then on Monday, we saw mm-hmm. what happened in Nashville. And, you know, it's all stuff that happens around kids. It could cause problems for kids. So I think this is a very valuable thing for us to discuss. And, and it's basically what you talk about every day is trying to help these kids. Right. Yeah. I feel like March is tough. March, March hits uh, a lot of people heavy with a lot of annual reminders. And so this is a tough month for our community for sure. Let's talk about you real quick. Personally, you said that three years ago with the tornado, the anniversary of that was yesterday that your house was actually hit. Yes. Yeah. So we were home. I had a eight month old and a two year old. We were home and, uh, down past the airport. Mm-hmm. We, um, were in the bathtub with a crib mattress over our head. Oh and now thankfully in our neighborhood, we were one of the least, we had a two by four sticking down, mm-hmm. um, had to get a new roof, but not, not even close to some of the other uh, home. So we had sheet metal and stuff from the airport in our backyard and wow. some random person's trampoline in our tree. <laughs> like It's so wow. wild. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is, you know, even though with all of your teaching, you can still go through trauma. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. and then have the PTSD of, oh my gosh, yep. you know, people are very anxious around storms. Oh, absolutely. But as we say the word trauma, that's going to be a word we probably repeat quite a bit. Uh, if you were going to give me like a definition, what you think the word trauma actually means, mm-hmm. what would you say trauma really is? So defined, I actually looked this up for, for people. I know how I define it mm-hmm. um, when I'm looking at symptoms and stuff, but a deeply distressing or disturbing experience um, is a trauma. And trauma can be an event like we're talking about, like that may have an anniversary mm-hmm. or um, a specific date, but it can also be a chronic things that go on long periods of time, <clears throat> like neglect, maybe a neglectful childhood sure. um, can be complex. So there's layers, but some of the things, um, the, sh- the shootings, the tornado, those are kind of this one event like a car accident sure. or um, something that witness violence, something like that, that is more of an acute experience, but right. can still have these long lasting well, I guess I think about those events, those major events, but you're right. We can go through something in our lives on a daily basis that can cause like war. Yeah, sure. War, yeah. Or trauma as well. Mm-hmm. So then let's, is everything that we, that happens, that's kind of negative. Is that considered traumatic when we, when we see that negative stuff, is it all traumatic or how do we figure that out? Yeah. So usually when I'm working with, with families and they go through, um, telling some experiences, even two kids in the same home, mm-hmm. what, could have gone through the same thing or even in my household we could have gone through the tornado and you may not respond the same way so just just because you go through something that was really disturbing if it's not leading to these maybe long-lasting some I call them potentially traumatic experiences so I'll make a note that 
that was potentially traumatic. I want to look more into that to right. see, did that have a lasting impact or even an impact, you know, after maybe it's resolved at this point. But so, no, um, you can go through a really disturbing experience and maybe not have um, a response that would show that that was very distressing long term. So could it be a situation where you were in a stressful situation when you were a kid and it doesn't come back for years and years and years? I mean, is that is that possible that all of a sudden you have these flashbacks to those moments? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's um, responses are so unique and, um, you know, we have different defense mechanisms. Maybe we've repressed things for a long time and then it resurfaces if something triggers it, maybe another relationship, a dating relationship or something. Um but yeah, I think it's really interesting to just look at uh, two people who maybe went through the same experience and how they responded. Or, you know, you hear kids say um, something about what they went through and parents are like, oh, that didn't, that was nothing. And it maybe really was traumatic for them. So right. I think it's it's important to recognize it's individualized. I had a buddy who uh, went through a treatment thing a number of years ago, and he said that when he was going through there and they were talking to him uh, he called it unpacking. They mm-hmm. were unpacking things that even happened early on in his life, like mm-hmm. when he was five years old, that he didn't realize were a part of his story. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you unpack that and you realize that that's kind of a part of it. But as parents, we want to protect our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to keep our kids safe. Are there ways that we can avoid trauma and avoid exposing our kids to trauma? Yeah, um, I think that's really hard. And especially in light of what what happened Monday in Nashville uh, we want to immediately, like, how can we prevent this? How can, and I, I think, you know, that politics and all that aside, there there may be legislation. But at the end of the day, really, we can't um, 100% guarantee right. that nothing traumatic is going to happen in our um, in our life, in our child's life. We can't control other people's behavior. Um, there are protections, and I don't want to sound hopeless, but. No, you're right. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I think we. We have to recognize whether it's a car wreck, whether it's, you know, military. Um, we, we can't completely say nothing potentially traumatic is going to happen. Right. But we can definitely um, follow safety precautions, have conversations, practice like with a storm, sure. practice your plan, practice a fire drill. Like I think doing all of those things. Help, but even still, I knew exactly what we were going to do when the tornado hit. That didn't make it less traumatic for right. me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because all of a sudden, you know, you get amped up and you're going, "Oh my gosh, it's yeah. really, really happening." Yeah. In situations like what we went through on 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 Monday, or even with my wife, like we went back to the campus of Westside again. She was there 25 years ago, uh, and my son was there, and you know, he's exposed to our conversations mm-hmm. at different times. Uh, you you know, you walk through a room on Monday, and more than likely, you know, because we were watching the news, you saw the headline. And as a 13-year-old boy in those situations, should we allow our kids to be exposed to that in situations like that? How do we handle that? How do we discuss that? Because there's not a handbook that comes with your kid. You know, it's like, oh, here's how you talk to your kid about this type of disaster. There's going to be a lot of people listening this morning who are like, how do we have those conversations? Uh, What type of advice would you have in that situation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think age-appropriate conversations, honesty, um, Especially if it's if they're hearing about it, mm-hmm. but their parents haven't said it, I mm-hmm. think it, it's better for the parents to go ahead and say it. If maybe like my five year old, she has literally no clue. Sure. I'm not addressing that at this time. Um, that would just completely terrify her. Right. Uh, but if she heard about it, you know, and then yeah, I think mom needs to have a 
a healthy conversation, but we do talk about uh, safety. And so I think age appropriate, sure. like, you know, if a stranger, we talk about stranger danger or things like that. Um, and then I just having space for questions for age appropriate honesty for um, reminding them of like, I'm always here to talk. These are, you know, all the positives as well. These right. are the things we can do to cope. These are the protections that we have in place for you. These are the, you know, so that even though they recognize that there there are traumatic events, that mm-hmm. doesn't guarantee this is happening to you. Sure. When you walk into school today, it does not mean that they're, right. you know, because sometimes we overgeneralize it and mm-hmm. kids can really overgeneralize and think that that means that they're unsafe right now. Right. So mm-hmm. like it, it's just like uh, my son, you know, he saw the headlines and, and we tried to have the conversation again. He's 13. So you know, he's going to be exposed to more of the information. Uh, and then he was supposed to go to an event last night at a school, and he was like, I, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, it's been a long time since we've had an incident like that here. Mm-hmm. But when we see those stories, I guess our minds kind of take us to those directions of what happens or what would happen if that did happen. But in a situation like for Kai or for your kids, uh, people can experience trauma even if they're not there in the event, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we call that secondary traumatic stress. Um there's there's different names for it, but basically, if you um, directly experience or witness event, obviously that's potentially traumatic. Uh, but if you hear about it mm-hmm. and hear about it, um, especially in detail, yeah. um, and unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know. Um, but with the media, we yeah. can physic visibly see the space that it happened. We can watch the body cam footage, and so it is almost like you're directly experiencing it. This isn't fiction. Um, this is real life. And so, yeah, you can definitely, and I think a lot of people are, um, I've seen countless parents, uh, just being really nervous about, do I send my kid to school? What do you know, um, having that ongoing fear, uh, people are tearful. Um, now that may be a cue if it's, if it's really long term and that's lasting, um, and really changing your behavior, changing your thoughts. Um, then yeah, definitely. I would say even, even you not being there, that might be something you maybe need to go talk to somebody right. about or work through. That's what Families, Inc. is there for. We say all the time, if you're going through something, and it could be traumatic events, it could be just having to deal with the stuff that's in our brains and our minds, and everybody has baggage and things that bother us. We always say to reach out to Families, Inc. You can find out more about them if you go to familiesinc.net. There's locations all around the area. Uh, as far as parents, are there symptoms that we should look for? Like sometimes our kids don't want to tell us. Like they mm-hmm. don't want to say, hey, I, and sometimes that maybe they don't know how to right. explain. Don't it. even know how to articulate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in those situations, what can we look for in kids as far as some symptoms that they've been affected by a traumatic event? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely intense fear, anxiety, um, nightmares, mm-hmm. any kind of flashbacks. And I think sometimes we we see that in the movies and we don't think um, we think it's going to look a certain way. But, you know, just your mind going back to something or feeling startled really easily, mm-hmm. being spooked. Um, maybe they were were okay sleeping in their room by themselves. Now they're, you know, being really mm-hmm. scared, being more clingy. Um, We've gone through that very experience too. Yeah. I look at mood change. You know, maybe we were uh, pretty even keel and now we're really irritable, really angry. Sometimes we think they're going to be really sad and scared, but for kids that can be uh, meltdowns, outbursts, tantrums attitudes you right. know teenagers can have really irritable mood um and <laughs> we're going through that at the moment yeah. and sometimes that can be 
um, anxiety or depression. Yeah. So in a situation as parents, we want to take care of our kids. We want to protect them. We want to make sure they're resilient, that they're strong. Uh, do you have any advice for, you know, how we can kind of build them up and make them feel better? Yeah, I um, I really love and I teach a class at A-State. I teach um, for the social work program, uh, Interventions with Children. Okay. And we actually went over this recently. And oh, so great. then I was uh, I was thinking about it. The They call it the seven C's model of resilience. Okay. And it was published by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And so these seven C's are like these critical elements that schools, parents, community programs can kind of hone in on with children. So sure. one is confidence, helping children build confidence. And I, I think sports do that, yep. grades, um, any kind of uh, building up that you can do in them. Right. Competence as well. So skill sets, building um, skills in them, helping them know you can make wise decisions. You can, whether that's problem solving skills or a hobby and activity that they're really good at. <clears throat> and I think with competence in, in light of these stressful experiences, like that's that honest conversation, preparing them right. way easier to deal with something when you know what it is. I know what I would do. You know, I think that's healthy True. connection. So just really, I think of teenagers, especially like really working on building that connection, even little kids take the screens away for a little bit mm-hmm. And really sit down, have a conversation. Yep. Character, helping them build those strong core values and sense of self. Um, when you feel really good about yourself and you feel like uh, I'm a great, great person, I bring good things to the mm-hmm. table, a um, lot better able to cope yep. with, with whatever other kinds of experiences. But you know, we see when you have a really low self-esteem, really low sense of self and all of these things, sure. you know, that's really hopeless. And right. so we, we want to try to build that, that Again, hope yeah. for the future. Yep. Um, contribution. You know, if you do have uh, a child that has seen that these things are going on, let's find a way to give back. Maybe they can help with some disaster relief. Oh, like give that. them age appropriate things that they can do uh, to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Coping skills, you know, definitely with. With therapy, if that's a, a struggle, not being able to figure out what coping skills work for your kid, therapy right. is perfect for that. Um, and then a sense of control. And I think that those honest conversations, too, like giving them choices of um, if I'm thinking of tornado, because that's what comes to me. Sure. Hey, bring a stuffy. What's your that's what we call them. Yeah. Or little stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. Like, which one would you want to bring? Yeah. Um, just giving them some level of because you feel so out of control in a really stressful experience. like. Um, any kind of opportunities that they can have, even if it's, do you feel comfortable going to this basketball game tonight or not? Yeah, right. You know, maybe giving them the opportunity to have that voice. It's all important stuff to talk about. And again, our as, as parents, our most important thing to do is to protect our kids and to, to help raise them right with confidence and character and all those different things. But unfortunately, life happens and tornadoes happen. And uh, what we saw Monday happens and it's in the news and our kids get scared and nervous. And if, if you think maybe your kid is going through some type of a trauma, or maybe as an adult you're going through trauma, maybe you still haven't dealt with stuff in your past, reach out to Families, Inc. You guys are there uh, all around the area to help, familiesinc.net, to find out more information. And we appreciate you stopping by this morning because I think it's a very valuable conversation to have. Yeah. And good to see you. Yes, you too. Destiny McGee joins us in studio this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc.
Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by Brad Bobo from A-State Athletics. Brad, are you are you whistling on the I air? I think he was whistling. Uh, yeah, I was. Well, yeah, I mean, I get, my favorite song was playing on the radio. That's good. Glad I could do that for you this morning. Hey, is there any truth that as uh, you guys were doing your coaching search for the new basketball coach, that there was strong consideration on your part for Red Wolf Mark? <laughs> Well, I no, that's not true. Uh, what well, is true is that I have lobbied uh, two things. Number one, I've lobbied strongly for him to have a spot on the coaching staff. I yes. never would I ask for him to be the head coach. I think he should be the top assistant. Okay. And uh, well, what is true is that I did. I had so many people once uh, the hire was out there and the announcement was made. I had so many people come to me and tell me. Hey, you know you look like the new coach. Yeah. That, uh, uh. that at one point, I really I thought about walking to the podium Monday to just see if anybody would notice. Okay, so legitimately, uh, the day the news broke, I pull up his picture because I want to see what he looks like, right? Because that's well, that's how we do this. And I yep. said, "Oh my gosh, is this a a taller Brad Bobo? <laughs> did, did they just have Bobo change his name so he could be the head coach? So it's funny you say that. Well, yeah, I got it. I mean, look, it's. Uh, Different places kind of have different sort of ways they go about doing things. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. Yeah. It's just here. Uh, we hire on looks first. We think that's very important. Okay. <laughs> so the reason that Jeff Purinton made that decision is because okay. he reminds he reminds him of you. Is that it? Mm-hmm. We need some more handsome up in here. Let's <laughs> okay. hire this guy. Well, what about Jerry Scott? Well, that's what I say. We're trying to weed some. I mean, Jeff kind of had to inherit that. that oh, wow. That clearly was not Jerry. everyone's hiring policy back in the day. Jerry, we love you. No, no, so, Brad, I did see at the beginning of the press conference, I was able to uh, to see Jerry Scott. He got up there at the podium. He was the first one to speak, and I thought he did a good job. Did you think he did okay? There's one thing Jerry's good at. What's that? A hiring press conference. So he's pretty uh, good at that. He's he's pretty much the nation's authority on those because he got so much practice doing it in football back in the day. He had to do one of these a year, and he got pretty good at it. Have you seen Jerry since Monday? Oh, no. No, when he – I mean, when that – I knew that when that press conference started as early as it did, I mean, that thing started at 1130. Yeah. That's the crack it on for Jerry. I knew it would be a couple more days. Goodness. <laughs> Guys, if y'all don't know Jerry Scott, he is the most precious, hardworking man ever, and they are being evil. So tell me about the new coach. I think I was saying his name wrong. Well, join the club. <laughs> you were saying his name but, wrong? I thought it, I, I thought it because if you look at the spelling, it's Brian Hodgson, right? That's what I would yeah. have thought. And, and the only reason this even came up, and I don't even know why it came up when it came up, but apparently he did an interview uh, in central Arkansas yesterday, and for some reason, somehow they, they asked him how to say it. And he said, well, it's actually Hodson. The G is oh, silent. No. He oh. just, I, I, my guess is he's just sort of waved the white flag long ago and just quit 
correcting people because 100 people out of 100 are going to look at that and see if that's Hodgson. Well, yeah, because the G is in there and it's nothing but a G thing. You know what I'm saying? It is, it is nothing but a G thing, okay. but apparently it's nothing but a silent G thing. Maybe that's how we need to put that in the game. Nothing though. but a silent G thing. <laughs> hey, has he been asking uh, to come on our show yet? I'm sure he's going to ask at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's They've probably any doubt him. about that. But, you know, actually, uh, on social media this morning, I mean, they're, they're posted, they've already been on the floor working out this morning. Oh, wow. um, so, look, this guy... I mean, absolutely hit the ground running. Uh, and I say that, like, so so he he got introduced Monday, mm-hmm. but you know, he took the job, I guess, probably Wednesday, okay. maybe. And that and it just immediately went to work. So uh, it, it's been pretty impressive to watch. So kind of uh, – and, and unfortunately for him, but somewhat fortunately for us mm-hmm. – you know, and look, I, I was once we once I knew he was the guy. I was hoping that he would get to see that thing through with Alabama, and they yeah. would keep winning. But when they got knocked out, then uh, it sort of changed. You know what his schedule for this week looks like, and he's been you know full go Arkansas State. Let's talk about uh, and and again, this is the main point of our conversation. Isn't about basketball today, but Brian Hodson's been hired as the head basketball coach for Arkansas State. Uh, a lot of people look at the Alabama connection and we're thinking, oh, that's great. And you know, he probably because he was on the Alabama staff, that's probably the reason he got the job. But everything I'm hearing is that's one reason that he was considered. But really, his uh, his whole story tells a bigger yeah. story, not just Alabama at the end. Well, what I think is 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 I mean, Alabama's the reason. Kind of, he was. Jeff knew to have him on the radar, right? right? Right. I mean, because because when when that staff came into Alabama, Nate Oates, the head coach, when he was hired. Jeff ran that search for the AD at Alabama. Right. So he, he essentially was kind of the guy that hired Nate Oates, and then was the sports supervisor for those guys for a couple of years. So I mean, they worked directly with one another, and that gave Jeff a good kind of point of reference to know what he was after, and you know, Jeff. In all sports, I know he's big on recruiting, and as as he should be. And so, uh, this guy—that's sort of his bread and butter. It's kind of where he made his name. And what I like about it is, that, you know, you may go, "Well, sure, he recruited guys to Alabama, right?" And think it's not apples to apples. But he's done the same thing at the JUCO level. He's done the same thing at the Division three, which is non-scholarship level. Mm-hmm. He did the same thing, you know, at Buffalo, which is a skill like a place more like us. So it's not like he only recruited guys to Alabama. This guy's been at a lot of places where there weren't a lot of resources, and he's brought players everywhere he's gone. That's good news right there. And now that makes that, that hire make even more sense because, you know, we're battling a different thing than we've ever battled before in college athletics as far as recruiting because there are bigger universities that do have those advantages right now. Yeah, I mean it's different. Yeah, different than it's it's ever been. So I I like his skill set there. I mean I look at I know he can coach these guys up too. It's not like you can just bring them in here and that's it. But uh, I, I he I think he is he fully buys into the notion that for as important as coaches as coaching is, oddly enough, I'm gonna let you in a little secret. More times than not, the team with the best players win. Yeah, <laughs> go figure, huh? Yeah, and so. I like uh, I like coach and, and his staff's odds of you know making Arkansas State the, the team with the best players more off. 
So again, Brad Bobo joins us from A-State Athletics today. Uh, you were kind of tasked with putting together an event around the spring football game. Every year, A-State football goes out and they, they suit up uh, for a spring game. And basically, the, the vision from athletics this year was, hey, let's make this a spring game plus a whole bunch more. And man, yep. you've done a great job at putting together an event that's going to be all day and fun for everybody in the family, I think. Well, I mean, thank you, but you know, that's probably a little too much credit. Still, I, the truth is, I just stole the event we were doing when I was, yeah, right. uh, you know, uh, with you guys at EAB. You know, we, we had had a, a, a lot of success a couple of times uh, pre-pandemic doing an event that was kind of built around having a big cornhole tournament and having some food trucks there, and hadn't had a chance to do that since uh, the pandemic. So, kind of just. Honestly, working with you guys to bring that event back, but just do it here. It was part of our pack day on April 15th. But that's going to be a big deal because I saw firsthand like what the cornhole event turned into the first time we did it because I was one of those, and I'll go ahead and say it, I'll admit it, I was not real sure it was going to be a big success because I didn't know how big playing mm-hmm. cornhole was in this area. And then you proved me wrong within the first five minutes of me showing up uh, at the first event. I was blown away by the, num- by the number of people who were involved in, in playing cornhole on a competitive level in Northeast Arkansas. Yeah, and, and we're actually teaming up with a group, you know, a nonprofit group in the area that's called uh, 870 Cornhole Nation, and they're really helping us with this tournament and, and also helping kind of get the information out among that crowd, too. So it's going to start, that, that part's going to be a, start at 9 o'clock that morning, but registration's open right now. Now, there are two different kind of ways you can do it. They're going to do a beginner bracket and an advanced bracket. You can pick which one you want to be in. It's doubles. So get you and a partner and pick which bracket you want to play in and sign up. And however much, however many teams enter each bracket, they're going to take all the entry money that's collected, mm-hmm. and 80% of that entry money is going to turn around and get paid out in cash prizes oh, wow. to the teams in the tournament. So if people want to get signed up right now, we have that link on our website. If you go to kfin.com, kfin.com. That link is there. Go ahead and, and get signed up for Cornhole. But, you know, we talk spring game and it's football and Coach Butch Jones is going to be out there and he's going to have his team fired up. I just know that already. Uh, you have the Cornhole Classic going on. Uh, the other part of our Cornhole event that we did before was food. And you know yep. me, you tell me food's going to be there and I'm going to be there. Uh, food trucks are going to be at this event, too. Yeah, and still hopefully I have a couple more. Team, what we got now kind of in the parking lot outside the stadium and some of them. Yeah, the, the court no, is actually going to be played in Tailgate City. Uh, so, I mean, that's so part, you know, the food vendors in the parking lot, we've got snow cones and barbecue and mm-hmm. pizza and hot dogs so far. Uh, and also, uh, what I'm looking forward to seeing too is uh, we got a, a food truck coming that specializes in grilled cheese sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Come on now. That I think is going to be quite interesting. So you have that aspect of it with the food trucks. Hey, the gear sale, when I was talking about uh, this whole event with Kelly, she was all excited about the fact that yep. you guys are going to have some old gear, helmets and jerseys and all that. Tell me how that's going to look. So literally, yeah, it essentially will look like really like a yard sale. Uh, beginning at 10 that morning inside the stadium on the concourse. You mentioned, you know, there's a couple point in time where helmets, like there's so much sort of safety stuff tied into these football helmets. Mm-hmm. There comes a point where they're not usable anymore. Right. So all these helmets have been taken out of play, or maybe uh, those are going to be sold. Old jerseys, you know, line, 
uh, a particular style of jersey that maybe they're not wearing anymore. Those will be for sale. But it's not just football. Other sports are giving their gear too. Or it may even be like there's going to be a lot of stuff. Like there will be a lot of brand new, never worn Adidas stuff in this stuff because it's just that maybe teams have ordered along the way and didn't, you know, had more than they needed at the time and didn't distribute. It's, uh, it, so it's still sitting there. So anything that's kind of sitting around and hadn't been used will be up for sale that morning, 10 to 2 in the stadium. Hey, could you go through that Adidas stuff and pull out all of okay. the mediums for me? <laughs> All of the, yeah, extra Go ahead and get or the smalls. <laughs> hey, then uh, high jinx is going to be out there too, right? Yeah, kid zone will be set up out out there too, and that gear's still going on. You know, t- plus, uh, uh, textbook brokers have the team store open that day, so uh, yeah. And I, I I still think there's more stuff coming that even I don't know about yet going on that day, and then the game at two thirty. Uh, and we'll have, as soon as it's over, like the field's going to be open for everybody to go down to the field and, and meet the players and get autographs. And, and so that'll happen for a while. And then around 5.30 or so, it's going to be Optimum Movie Night. We're showing a movie on the video board inside Centennial Bank Stadium. I want to buy a whole uniform with cleats and wear it. <clears throat> All right, that's going and to be... pads. Okay. What about pads? Can I get the pads too? Uh, Hello? Know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. I'm not sure what kind of pad she's looking for, but it's yeah, all going to be. I'm not either. So I mean. <laughs> the football pads, guys. <laughs> it's A-State Pack Day on the campus of Arkansas State. It happens on Saturday, April the 15th. It's going to be fun. Uh, and Jerry Scott might even show up. We're not really sure if he works on weekends anymore. But. Well, I think he'll be there. Uh, James, at, yeah, 2.15, oh, right about 2.30. I, I think uh, I'll sit you over under at halftime of the game. He'll roll up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big time, Jerry. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so it's Brad Bobo joining us this morning. You guys can join us for A-State Pack Day. And again, if you want to find out more or get uh, your team signed up for Cornhole, go to kfine.com, K-F-I-N.com. Bobo, have a great morning and tell the new coach we said, what's up? Yeah, mostly, and I'm sorry I didn't say this earlier, and I apologize, but I want to make sure I send out uh, uh, my wishes of a happy WrestleMania week to those of you who celebrate. I, I agree. And did you know that in 1987, on this very day, Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the Giant at the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan? I did not know that was on this date, brother. Oh. All right. Brad Bobo joins us this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Family Zinc. See you, man. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. Back with Wet Nose Wednesday. Uh, Good morning, Doc. The reason we're late is because of Kelly. Oh, of course, of course. What? Why me? Well, just I figured I'm not going to take the blame for this. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Doc, what's happening in the animal population uh, this morning? Because we always turn oh, to Kevin, and he makes us uh, makes us smarter. Yeah, we're 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 starting to see some patients in about ten minutes. Uh, appointment starts. So I've been doing kind of some behind the scenes in the treatment room type work, but um, you know, and I was just thinking. In fact, I've got one in today about. Sometimes two or three times or even more a week, I have a client that comes in that 
you know, they basically want a quality of life exam for their pet. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, it's an older animal uh, that may have some kind of medical condition or may have some type of behavioral condition. But one thing I see real commonly is older animals um, that basically have dementia. And uh, and cats and dogs both. I think I'll kind of concentrate on dogs because there is a um, medical term for it. But it's called canine cognitive dysfunction. And I know we've talked, kind of touched on it before. But it's in a dog, it's related to the aging of their brain. And it leads to changes in their awareness. They have learning deficits, memory deficits. And then they just don't respond as much to, you know, a stimulus there. And it's been compared to dementia or Alzheimer's in people. Uh, you know, it may start out really mild and then it, it worsens over time. Um, they experience this cognitive de- de- decline, which um, slow, de- it's a slow decrease in the brain, brain's ability to perform normal tasks. Right. And you know, what's interesting is that clinical signs are found in nearly one out of three dogs over the age of 11. Oh, wow. And by the age of 16, nearly all dogs have probably have at least one sign. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to run through the signs and, you know, think about your own pet. If it's getting older, you may see this or see several of them. But um, the most common symptoms would be like disorientation or confusion. Uh, they get stuck going around objects. They don't recognize familiar people or other pets. They make pace. They stare blankly at the walls. You can see changes in behavior. They become very irritable. They don't have a desire to play. They don't self-groom. They may have loss of appetite. Mm-hmm. And then there's this anxiety, restlessness type issues where they disregard previously learned training or house rules. They're slow to learn anything new. Uh, they can't follow their familiar routes around the yard or the house. They may have some, you know, soiling in the house uh, where they're, you know, if they normally were uh perfect in going outside every time they needed to use the bathroom now they kind of forget that and one very common thing we see is changes in their sleep cycle where they're awake at night they may vocalize at night or they may pace at night and and you know this can be exhausting to the owner because the pet the dog sleeps all day but then it's up all night and you know the owner's trying to take care of it so you know we don't know the exact cause of this but it's probably the same changes that cause the problems as people age um you know, as as dogs age, their brain atrophies, it gets smaller, meaning that some of the brain cells have died. And it, this affects the portion of the brain responsible for learning and memory, you know, the cerebral cortex, and also areas for coordination and responsible for coordination, like the cerebellum. And this is very similar to in people with Alzheimer's, but research has found that these dogs with this, this cognitive dysfunction syndrome have an abnormal protein called beta amyloid that builds up in their brains. Hmm. And that's probably decreasing the nerve signaling uh, to the brain. Um, So, you know, it's very similar in that respect. And the interesting thing, and this may be something that we as pet owners can do to maybe help avoid this or at least slow it down, is that dogs that lead a sedentary lifestyle have been shown to have a higher risk for developing this. So kind of the same thing in people, you know, Keep your dogs uh, active, keep them stimulated mentally, uh, keep them at an ideal weight, and, you know, we may be able to um, stave this off, you know, for a longer period of time as the dog ages. Um, 
of course, there's other things that can cause this. So, you know, if you suspect your dog is developing this, uh, it should have a good thorough exam, probably some routine blood work, maybe even ultrasounds or x-rays. And in some cases, you know, they may need advanced imaging like an MRI or CT scan. Um, you know, dogs that develop this, they're going to require some therapy and support. Uh, while you're not going to cure it, there's things that you can do at home to help. Uh, again, exercise daily, uh, play with them, you know, men mentally stimulate them. And, you know, make your home more accessible and safer for an older dog. You know, nightlight uh, may, may help them get around in the dark. You might put some little uh, potty pads near the doors in case they can't make it out, and you know, until you come home or when you wake up. Uh, older dogs with arthritis, maybe some orthopedic foam beds mm -hmm. make, make them more comfortable when they're laying down or sleeping. Um, there's also some special diets that may help improve cognitive dysfunction. There's some prescription diets out there that they're usually, you know, Increased antioxidants and some uh, vitamins, uh, flavonoids, uh, beta carotene, carnitine. All those are considered for improving a dog's uh, cognitive dysfunction. So things like that can help. Sometimes omega fatty acids uh, will will be beneficial. Dogs with sleep issues, you know, uh, you can talk to your veterinarian about giving them melatonin, maybe to help with their sleep cycle. So you know, even though there's nothing we can do to really this there there are things that we could do to make their their um, life expectancy you know uh, better and try to extend it as long as we can so you know unfortunately any of us that have a pet as it ages we're going to see these things happen and it's just a matter of you know trying to be proactive and stay on top of it it's much like with the adults so as, as we get older we're going to see things and the better care we take of ourselves and shane spites talked about that this morning if we if we take better care of ourselves forever then uh, the end of life is even better so exactly anyway y'all he is the man you need Yay. he is dr kevin reed he is man's best friend he is our best friend and he is the veterinarian of choice of arkansas's morning show with brandon and kelly it's dr kevin reed from vet care find out more vet-care.com or on facebook when you search vet care jonesboro dr reed uh, it's about time for you to get busy and we'll talk to you next week Hey, we're going to hit it hard today. All right. See you, man. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. This is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Jamie Seaborn of Jonesboro Police and the D.A.R.E. program. And Jamie, I understand that uh, you're making somebody watch you do the interview. Is that correct? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got my partner here, Officer Williams. So, you know, Makai, he's, he's sitting here, so I'm making him watch us. <laughs> so pretty much that's what you want to do is you want an audience while you're preparing for your performance. Well, you know, you got to have somebody. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Makai, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Hey, man, we're good. So, hey, we wanted to talk to you guys, number one, about the D.A.R.E. program and why it's so important for uh, schools in this area. But number two, if people are looking for a way to get out and do an Easter egg hunt and they love the idea of a color run, you guys are doing all of that in one spot. Uh, tell me about that, Jamie, and why this event continues to grow every year. Well, you know, our color run, of course, of course we got a new location this year at Central Baptist. And, uh, uh, you know, we try to keep this in the park. So, you know, that way it's kind of fun for the kids and they don't have to worry about getting run over in the street. Mm -hmm. But, you know, our program, you know, or the, the Easter egg hunt, is going to come after the run. 
So the way all of our event works is first we have this two-mile fun color run that you can walk, crawl, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. push a stroller, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Just be prepared to get color on it, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and uh, so it's the one-mile course there, and you'll do two laps on it this year. So that means you get twice the color. Ooh, nice, you know? yeah. With with ten or so, with five color stations, you're going to get twice the color. Uh, and then afterwards, we have the Easter egg hunt just for the paid participants. Right. And we're kind of tossing up the idea. What do you think about if we did like uh, maybe put out a hundred eggs for the adults to go after, and maybe have a fifty dollars gift card for them or something? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And, and it's yeah. it's it's a way that people are going to get out there, and you can have the adults acting like kids again. Yeah, yeah, you know, and we may even let the kids put the eggs out for them, you know, or something. We don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the cool thing about the events that you guys do is you want it to be fun from the minute that people get there. So there's going to be multiple layers of events happening out there as a way to to make some money for the Dare program. Yeah, because we yeah we also we do a warm up. Uh, I don't know if you y'all, you guys know uh, Miss Nancy Owens and yeah. you know she comes out and we do like three songs warming up and we've got Dare in there, Dare and dances and uh, which. Uh, I can. Officer Williams can dance, but I can't. But, you know, uh, we don't want to talk about that. But, but it, it's a lot of fun. We, we'll we have hot dogs and stuff, too. I was talking to Makai earlier today, and he told me uh, basically he's never seen anybody who was any worse on a mountain bike than you, Seaborn. Oh, that's so rude. <laughs> well, right, that's probably true, you know. I've kind of like, got fat there. So. No, you have not. <laughs> hey, so if people want to be involved and they're thinking, hey, my kids, or or maybe it's them, they love the color run. An Easter egg hunt. You know, we used to have those. I remember as a kid that they had them all over the place, and there's not nearly as many of those anymore. So if people want to get involved, what do they need to do? So you'll go to raceroster.com, and you'll type in dare, and then you will click the one where it says color me excited dare run. And even if you don't want to, well, not saying if you don't want to sign up online, if you can't sign up online, uh, we will have registration open the day of the color run, which is this Saturday. And then, Makai, you were saying that uh, Seaborn has put together his favorite foods to be uh, to be eaten there after the event, right? you got to love hot dogs. got to love hot dogs. Come on, man. It's not, it's not a dare event if it's not hot dogs. There you go. So, again, it's happening this coming Saturday on the campus of Central Baptist Church. Uh, what time should people get there? Uh, if you did not, if you didn't register early and get a shirt, I would get there early because we'll probably open registration about seven thirty, seven forty-five, mm-hmm. uh, and we get, we ordered a few shirts more, so it's going to be first come, first serve. So if you've already registered and didn't get a shirt, get there early uh, to get you a shirt. But just and the the event will start at nine o'clock or maybe a few minutes before for the warm up. But um, and also I didn't. You may tell everybody that you know we give everybody a packet of color at the start and they throw their own color too. Oh, see that's neat. Hey, Jamie, why did the egg fail its driving test? Oh, gosh. Oh. All right, give it to me. Hold he on. liked to accelerate too much. Ah. Jeez. <laughs> this is brutal. Again, it is the Color Me Deer Color Run. It's an egg sighting event. It's an egg excursion, as they've talked about, all to raise money for the D.A.R.E. program. Uh, give me an overview as to why it's important for us as a community uh, to support D.A.R.E. What does that give to our students? So our program, well, number one, we're educating them on, you know, about, um, you know, making right decisions and not falling into the, you know, what everyone else is doing and, and thinking about their choices. Uh, but two, it also goes to provide books and shirts for our students. Uh, you know, we don't ever want to have a kid have to pay for that. So Officer Williams and I, we have to, you know, we do these fundraisers just to help out. Uh, and we'd love to eventually have enough money in the bank, you know, to be able to do this stuff for free. But 
you know, right now we got to have the money. So we just, you know, and, and it's all going back to our kids. That's what's cool. I just got a text from Archie Mason. He was wondering <laughs> if he could be Darren out there at the run this week. If he could be Darren? Yeah, he wants to um, He wants to hang out with Darren or at least wear the costume for a second. Okay. Oh, well, he come out. We, we've got uh, Darren is uh, already spoke for. He can come out and see us both. Well, son of a gun. And actually, uh, tell him to hook up with us because, you know, the FOP is doing their um, thing at the Miracle League afterwards. You so, know the FOP. Uh, you know, theirs is coming at 11 o'clock. Uh, so it'll follow our event, and it's right down the street. So that's kind of cool too. So, and so, they and they may have been needing a Darren person there. So see, there it could be it could yeah. be uh, Doctor Archie Mason. Hey Jamie, yeah. are you down with FOP? Oh well, yeah, we love our FOP guys. Oh yeah. Again, it's happening. The Color Me Dare <laughs> Color Run. It's a, the <laughs> it's a color run and an Easter egg hunt and food and fun. It all happens on Saturday, nine o'clock on the campus of Central Baptist Church. Uh, thank you guys for talking to us and good luck this weekend, guys. Thank you. Brandon Baxter in the morning. You can check us out in podcast form wherever you get podcasts. It can be Apple Podcasts or Google Play or iHeartRadio, or Spotify, or the website. We have it up there, so if you've never listened to a podcast mm-hmm. before and you're not even sure what to do, you can go to the website, kfine.com. There's a whole section with the podcast there as well. So, uh, Or go to the podcast platforms and search Arkansas's Morning mm-hmm. Show with Brandon and Kelly. And Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? It is 80s night on The Masked Singer, the seventh season premiere of Riverdale, CMT Storytellers, Derek's Bentley on CMT. Chapter 21 of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Also tonight, The Flash, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, True Lies, A Million Little Things, and Chicago PD. All right, hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Arkansas's Morning Show.